Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I was in an interview with you yesterday and you were saying you turned 30 this year? Yeah. Yeah. How, when you look back, how do you kind of time stamp the various periods in your life? What kind of makes a period stand out for you? What do you kind of mark them by? Hmm, that's a good question. I guess where I am geographically is like a really big thing. Like I feel like I had my like LA chapter and then a really little New York chapter and then LA chapter part two. And now I'm kind of in Nashville chapter and then everything before that was all just Oregon so did you do Portland then LA and then New York and then back to LA yeah okay how long were you in LA for the first time uh okay so I was in LA from 2013 until 2015 then I did a year in New York and then I came back mid 2016 and then I was there until November of this year so feels like a long time LA just like keeps on like ripping me back to it but I just like I don't want to go back this time I want to really just be strong and try to move on and do something else is it the same thing pulling you back both times or is that a different thing each time I think just like moving sucks like in general you know like having to restart and feel like you're building a new support system and you're having to find different ways to get Thai food and like all of these things, you know, it's just like when I was in New York, I think I didn't really give it too much of a chance. And so I was just like, this is all really overwhelming and really scary and really new. And I just am going to go back to something that I'm familiar with. And so that's what took me back. But LA is awesome. Like LA is really, really cool, but I don't know if it's like their best fit for me, but it, I don't know. I don't regret going back to LA because it got me where I am now, but the familiarity always brings me back. How come it's not quite the best fit? I mean, it's expensive. And I feel like that comes with a certain kind of lifestyle that, I don't know, I found that I really like East LA. Like I was living in Highland Park before, but that really got me into like a kind of homebody vibe where I really wanted to just buy a house I want to invest my money into something so that way I don't have to worry about rent going up and down or losing money or wasting anything is that what you did when you came to Nashville working on it working on it Mm -hmm. Nashville's quite big for like session writing and stuff isn't it yeah Yeah, I just left a session actually (laughs) it's like it was awesome it took like an hour and a half and then we got tacos and then I went home is that did you kind of get straight into that as soon as you arrived did you kind of hit the ground running did you take a little bit of time to adjust to the city it with COVID it was kind of hard to like adjust to the city I think and I was just in LA like I was completely just doing nothing for a solid six seven months like I was just like playing Animal Crossing and like just being depressed and like I um 
got here and one of my buddies that works at my publishing company that I'm a part of, um, he was just like, I was just like, literally set me up on anything and everything. Like I just, I really want to just like get back into writing music again. And he's been killing it. Like just setting me up like every single day. But yeah, there's so many writers here to work with. It's been really fun. So you like five days a week, like a session each day. Yeah. Yeah. I have weekend. I'm like a weekend warrior now. <laughs> it's like pretty cool. Different genres every time or kind of similar stuff or. Yeah. I guess it depends on like the producer or the writer. Like, if they want me to sing on it, I have like three different projects or four different projects that like we can make like a sync song, like something like for commercials or TV or something. Like I have a, like a cinematic, like Skrelty project. And then of course, like Girl House, which is like more indie rock stuff. And um, then I also have like a yelling rap project. <laughs> And is this Bunny like, Valentino? Yes. How did you know about <laughs> Bunny Valentino? <laughs> Bunny Valentino hasn't emerged into the world just yet. She has she? not. I'm going not to drop an entire album one day, just like out of nowhere. I just really need to do a really amazing photo shoot. How would you so like? Yeah. Oh, you want to hear some concepts? I have some concepts. <laughs> um, I this is all I think about. This is what I was thinking about in quarantine most of the time. I have a um, like a bodysuit with like a like I have a black long sleeve bodysuit with like a mask on, and then I have these like fl like fly wings, and like I have this wings. like no, they're flies. They're like look, they're like black and dark and like they look like a fly <laughs> and then i have like these curly antenna and like some big like round like bug glasses and i'm gonna do like sexy fly <laughs> and i feel like that would be that would be her vibe also just like maybe like me in like latex just sitting on a pile of garbage <laughs> what uh what's the fourth one we had oh, Girl House like sync project bunny valentino What's number four? And then my folk pop project, which is wild. It's a band that I have with two other guys. And that was like my main project for a while. Then we, I don't know, like kind of wanted to like put it in house and like, like work more on the writing and less on the touring. I mean, you had the album come out this year though. Mm -hmm. January? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's something we've been working on for like two years. Do you all have kind of like uh, side projects to that? Do you all have various creative projects in the same way? Yeah. 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 I mean, Zach has probably, I don't know, he's the really tall one. He has probably four or five projects. And then Tyler, who's um, the other guy in the band, he like has a really beautiful instrumental project that kind of like a lot of the time it reminds me of like, well, he loves Tycho, but it reminds me a lot of like Bon Iver or Novo Amor, but just like the instrumentals for all of those. And it's just, it's really beautiful. Like you just want to like do yoga or like meditate to it or something. It's like really pretty. Has it changed the way you write for a while now that you all have these other projects? Yeah. I mean, I think things just happen faster. Like we kind of are able to compartmentalize like where things go and what the sound is. So that way when we get together, like we can write like three songs a day or like just write and produce a song like in a whole day. You say three songs a day. It, we've done that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. We've just been working together for so long that it's just, we know wh where everyone's strengths are and like, we know everyone's job. And so it's just, we can bang it out. Is that also what kind of prompts you to go into a lot of writing sessions though? That idea of not knowing, not being that familiar with people and kind of, do you get a different kind of energy when it's the opposite of that? Oh yeah. I mean, you like, when you meet someone for the first time, you're going to ask a lot of questions. Like that's just kind of like, politeness of like conversation or whatever like that's how we started our conversation was just you know also you're interviewing me but like before the interview started you're asking me a lot of questions all of yeah, those yeah. things are like really helpful when writing a song because like oh okay you're from like you know london or the uk or whatever like tell me about like the landscape tell me about like your friends tell me about like what you do on a saturday night you know like all of these things like are very influential on like part of who you are and that's exactly what's going to make like a good song so it's all just like conversing how how much of that stuff you're talking about is directly relevant to the kind of context of the song itself and how much is just about the person i think it depends like related to like the context of the song so like if the song is like 
I don't know, like if it's a Bunny Valentino song, then that's going to be about like money and power and like stomping on people to get what we want, <laughs> you know? But like, I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like when you get to know somebody, like you get to know, like, how silly is this person? Like how like willing is this person just kind of just make like a, like a, just a fun jam song or like a, like something you can work out to or something. What's this person's personality, you know, like all of those things. Like, so like, I don't know, it depends. Like a lot of people are very, very personal with their writing. And I really love doing that too, where it's like, they want to expand off of like, I don't know, like a mo really, really personal moment in their life. I don't know. I walked into this session today and I was like talking about this really horrible date that I had like probably six years ago where this guy was like, I don't know, like I, we like hooked up for the first time. And then he like called his friend on FaceTime like immediately after and I was just like oh okay and that was the first thing that I said to this person like when I walked into this session so I was just like <laughs> I know that I just told you something really really personal but I don't know we made like a cool fun song out of it and like I don't know like it really depends on the person I think have you told that story from the office well you must establish some kind of trust I guess yeah, like you can feel comfortable with somebody pretty fast. Some people I do not feel comfortable with at all, <laughs> like at all. <laughs> I make like a few jokes when I like step into like a room and then I'm just like, okay, this is how this is going to go. Cool. <laughs> the thing is, if your sense of humor is off and you don't quite click, does that translate musically? Are your rhythm's kind of off as well there and you just can't quite get that chemistry going? I think so. But also those people are sometimes just very much like, like sometimes just really introspective you know and like they're like wanting to like just be really serious and sometimes people are just like really really serious i kind of run away from seriousness in a lot of ways and i want to do something that's like i don't know especially when i'm just getting to know somebody just like something that's just like funny or weird or surprising or something like that have or when rather did the the idea for girl house start to come into the pitch at what point does that project kind of start to arrive i guess i mean that was definitely a quarantine baby sitting around and doing nothing but like really wanting to i think i mean we had a bunch of tours and festivals and things canceled for wild and then we were kind of forced to kind of figure out all right like what do we want to do like what makes us happy like as a band and so and i think because we couldn't spend time together and we weren't really able to write we couldn't figure that out for a while we all kind of like started getting really introspective with ourselves and being in the in this band with these guys who are awesome and really really good writers and like really built me up as a writer in a big way like i had never done sessions before i did wild and then i start like working with these guys like all the time and then we start working with other people it really taught me a lot about writing and writing in sessions specifically and so i don't know i think i wanted to like take those skills that i had gotten and put just my story into it. So I'm not trying to share a narrative with anybody anymore. I'm trying to like really dive deep into like who I am and what I want my voice to sound like and not make any compromises with the story, which is so hard because I really, really want to like, I'm, I'm a session writer for the most part and I really want to get other people's stories and I want to get to know them and I want to figure out how to make a, a song out of it. But being forced to be vulnerable, like we were talking about, and like share really personal stuff about yourself is not easy, is something that I learned. And like, I don't know, it's also helped me be a better co-writer for other people. But yeah, I think I just really needed to do something on my own and figure out what that was. And I have loved like all the songs that have come out of it. So it's really exciting. Is it easier to be vulnerable when you're sharing those memories if they're kind of coming from further back in your past? Like, I mean, like Knuckle Tattoo, that's from back in your Portland days. Yeah. Is it easier to kind of, what you were saying there about being vulnerable and expressing those stories in that setting, is it easier to do that if it's a little bit more distant? Yeah, I think being able to look at things from a future perspective 
and like just analyzing that moment in knuckle tattoo, which was just like a drunk night where I made a bunch of mistakes. Like I lost my phone. I followed this guy around the east side of Portland and like, just like analyzing those things. Like, why did I do that? Like, why was I like so lost at that point? Like thinking about that question has made all of these songs like come to fruition. I think just by like, I don't know, I guess having the perspective now. Was that the first one you wrote? The first one that I wrote is called A Lot. And that was actually a song that that hasn't come out yet, but it's going to come out maybe in the fall. But um, that was a song when I was actually dealing with something in that moment and I didn't have that future perspective. And so it kind of comes off like almost a little angry, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It taps into, it's a different kind of emotions, isn't it, when you're present? Yeah. Like they're a lot more kind of visceral. Yeah, definitely. I think the songs where I have had some time away from it and I can think about it come off a lot more fun and like easygoing than the ones that I have that are coming out in the fall that are mostly from that per, that being in that moment and analyzing that moment at the time. So yeah, I guess... Most of the songs on the EP, on the first EP that's coming out next week are songs that I've had time to analyze those situations and really think about them and marinate on them for a while. And then all the songs in EP2 are kind of ones that are things that were current, that were written about things that I was experiencing at the time. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a good question. When you're writing the song about it as well, like say you've already taken the time to kind of marinate on it like we're saying. Uh, do you still learn new things about that experience if you put it into a song and work through it? And that's oh, it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's always how I've been, though, ever since I was like, I don't know, I think I started writing songs at like 13, like PMSing for the first time and like just writing songs about my feelings about boys and like school and existence and life and death and all those things and like... I've, it's always kind of been like my journal, you know, like some people like write in a journal to try to figure out how they feel about things. I think I like write songs. I think it's what a lot of people do. It's interesting to think about that as well with what we were saying about writing a song when you're in the experience, you know, when you're in the moment. Would you ever write a song deliberately when you're in the moment or try and tackle a topic to gain some understanding and perspective on it? I definitely have. The songs don't turn out very good. <laughs> it's mostly yelling. <laughs> they can still be useful though. Yeah. True. So you like on a personal level to work through stuff. Definitely. Even if they're not great. Definitely. Like sometimes I'll like just kind of pick up a guitar and write like exactly what is in my head, like as angry as it is. And sometimes that can evolve like into a song. I just kind of edit it a little bit. So it sounds a little bit more like lyrics than just some crazy person like yelling. What are you looking for? for when you're turning it into lyrics in that way or just trying to sharpen it up a little bit what are you what's kind of getting cut out i think a lot of the times when i come up with ideas they really just need direction like and it's that what you're saying which is like kind of writing things down and like singing things until you like you figure out what it is like i don't know i don't really figure out what the song is until after i've written out all of these ideas and i've written like kind of a scattered connect the dots you know that game yeah like it's just like a bunch of dots and it's like it just you need to like kind of weave the lines together before you can figure out exactly at least me before i can figure out exactly what i'm trying to say because i just like write down tons of stuff like all day every day and kind of use all of that as i'm working so it's almost like you're looking for the narrative yeah. Trying to find a clear narrative in it. Yeah. Definitely. That's what, I mean, that's what this whole Girl House project is about is like trying to figure out what I am like, I know what I'm saying, but like, what am, what does that sound like? You know? Yeah. Do you see them, do you see this, the, the songs telling a story as a whole or do you see them all as very kind of individual stories from the same perspective? I mean, I'd like to say that they're a story as a whole. The ones that I put out are the ones that have, I don't know, been kind of bookmarks on like my, in my life, you know, in different events and things in my life. The songs on EP1, the one that's about to come out, those are 
all about being in LA and all about trying to figure out why I didn't feel like I fit or like why I wasn't comfortable. And it starts from like the day, like the month that I got to LA to moving away and coming back and then leaving again and deciding to like leave again. So I don't, I don't think about it as I'm like doing it, but like as I'm collecting the songs to put into like a big chunk, then they kind of do become part of that story. When you start that process of trying to figure out why you don't, why you didn't rather fit in LA, do you start by looking at yourself or do you start by looking at LA? Which do you kind of examine first when you begin that? I mean, of course, like as like a unfinished person, I want to blame everything else but me. <laughs> so I'm going to look at LA. I'm going to look at like the, the, the societal standards of women, the mental health crisis, like all of these things. And, but then I think it usually comes back around to just like the overall message of just like, I'm trying to think about each song. Cause I do, I do blame myself a lot for like a lot of the, the issues that I had with LA, but like at the end of the day, I guess like I can't because it just didn't work out and it's just LA. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about something like Loaded Gun as well, that's you trying to deal with issues that you have as a result of other people. That song is about, I guess not my upbringing, but just like the things that I had worked through and dealt with and able to be at this point. And then being at this point where I was not proud of how I was handling a situation. And I recognized all of these things in my past that had influenced me on how I was dealing with that situation at that time. And like, I didn't want to blame other people, but I definitely like actively took advice from somebody that I don't admire like and I started acting like these people or this person or I don't know like and it wasn't me and I didn't want it to be me does that make you think differently about the people you're surrounding yourself with because can you can you ever spot that in the moment when someone's maybe not the best influencer is that only something that can come with time yeah no I can never spot it I feel like I always want to I'm a pleaser I am a, a person that like wants to be accepted by like everyone and everything. And like a lot of people do, but like, I definitely think that I can't blame them too much because of like, I didn't set those boundaries for myself, but I also recognize the people in my past and the people in my present or whatever that maybe aren't making me feel the best or not making me feel comfortable. Like that's not their job. And that's also they're human and just doing their best to survive as well. I can't be mad, but I can be in control of how I want to handle a situation. The song also kind of touches on that though. It's about forgiving them. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of first step in it. Yeah, definitely. Because you're going to be miserable if you keep on holding on to grudges. Like just because someone treats you poorly, like doesn't mean that you have to constantly like remind them that they're horrible like no one deserves that so i don't know i just it's a lot of weight to carry on yourself to be angry at someone for that long is that what initially kind of prompted you to forgive them just the fact that the weight became too much yeah it's just i, I was angry for like way too long and i just like it wasn't doing anything for me it wasn't making me happy it wasn't making me a better person. It wasn't making me a stronger person. It wasn't making my story any better. Like it wasn't making me more interesting. It was just like making me stressed and tired and angry all the time. Does moving ever help with that? Like, is that something you think about when you're moving that idea of kind of tying up loose ends and stuff? Like, yeah, I mean, I just moved in November and it's May. And so it's only been like a few months but like, I definitely feel like there's so many ends that are like, not, you know, that are still loose, you know, <laughs> and like, not like tied up and, but I don't know, that's good too. But you just, you, you can't move and like have things like go away, you know? Yeah. They can get harder to fix though. Definitely. I mean, how far is, how far is Nashville from LA? It's like a three day drive. <laughs> 
Did you so, drive down when you moved? Yeah. Wow. With my dog. That's tough. How far is uh, LA from Portland as well? Oh, that's like a day's drive. It's really not too bad. How old were you when you moved out originally? Um, 22, 23. Okay, so that's not, yeah, it's not too young. No, I had time like to like kind of be an adult in Portland, which was kind of fun. Is that, I mean, I imagine that might be particularly important when it's LA that you're moving to. If you don't have yourself a little bit more together, it could probably be a little bit tough. I mean, people move to LA at 16, like all the time. And like, I don't know how they do it. Because wow. <laughs> I mean, it was... It was hard, like being 23. I felt like I became an adult when I moved to LA. Like not when, not when I moved to LA. It took me like a really, really long time to like grow up because I, I don't know. There was just something about Portland that was really holding me back, like growth wise. What do you think it was? Probably just surrounding myself with the same people, not challenging myself, being around my parents and not like being able to have that space to like, really figure out who I am and what I want because I'm a pleaser and I want to get acceptance from everyone even if I've known them since preschool and so yeah I guess it just wasn't servicing me at all. Were you still living at home when you were in Portland at that point or did you move out? No I moved out but I mean everything's like 20 minutes away like my dad lives on the west side of the river and my mom lives 20 minutes to, on the east side of the river and so like i don't know i was just right in the middle your dad was in the air force right no well oh yeah he was in the air force <laughs> how do you know all these things <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting i mean what, what did you mean when you said he was in the air force did he stop quite a while yeah ago? i mean that was a long time ago like i think i wasn't even a thought at that point oh, okay but then he joined, he started working for Portland police and he was a police officer for a while. And then he became, got, was promoted to like detective. And then he started doing arson stuff, which is kind of fun because he gets to study explosions, <laughs> which is cool. What was it that brought your mind, you know, we're talking about knuckle tattoo a little earlier on. What was it that brought your mind back to that experience? Like this, you know, like much later on. I was heartbroken over somebody that was very similar to somebody else that I was heartbroken over that was very similar to somebody else that I was heartbroken over. And so knuckle tattoo. The pattern. Yes. <laughs> the <laughs> pattern. And so I have a type for sure. Um, but I was just thinking about that pattern. And so like the, I don't know if it's the pre of that song or something, but it's like, like he looked a lot like you. And so then I looked like a fool and I was just following you around because I was still following around this guy who I was following around this guy, I don't, you know, and like all of that. And so, yeah, I think it was just thinking about that. What were we saying there about it being a pattern, this kind of looping thing? Is that kind of what influenced the guitar in that song? Because the guitar in that is that kind of churning thing that just goes like that. In a yeah, you're so right. Verses. Yeah, you're so right. I think when we were working on that song. I just wanted it to be as simple as possible. Like I really like songs that have like drums, bass, guitar, and like synth or something like nothing like too crazy. And so I guess I didn't want it to be, we never felt like that song was done because like it just was that like kind of guitar part for like so long. And then we were like, should something come in? Like, earlier should like is it boring like is it not interesting then we just kind of i don't know tyler who produced it we were just kind of sitting in the car and listening to it back after like a few months and we were like well it's kind of cool like i kind of like it actually it's kind of what it needs to be and then we just left it is that a maturity thing as well because that's when i thought when i was listening to it is that this must take it works so well being so simplistic and minimalistic but there must take a certain level of restraint to be able to make that decision because you feel like the tendency would be to add more stuff on top. Oh my God. And like the stuff that we make for a while too is like the folk, it's folk pop. So it like, it roars, like it gets like so huge and like the whole entire job of writing stuff for a while is just making it as massive and empowering and as possible. And so like, I think just 
having that outlet, we were really wanting to try something different for us. It started like a kind of a snowball effect of like how else we want to do stuff. How do you know when you're writing that it's for Girl House? Do you know at what point in kind of in the songwriting process does a song identify itself as one for this project? I don't go. I, I really have a hard time writing in sessions for Girl House, but like I go, if I'm going to write for Girl House, like I go into it, like writing for Girl House and like, that's when I'll, I'll come in with like a story or some of those jumbled up like ideas or something. But if I'm writing for somebody else, like I'll usually come in with like a hook idea or like something that is vague that they can work around. But for a girl house, it's very specific. Yeah. You have a much clearer idea of what the song needs to be in the case of girl house. Yeah. You kind of have the story there and you know what the, you kind of want to achieve with it. Yeah, definitely. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Can it surprise you as well, though? Yeah. I mean, those songs happen really fast for the most part. And so I think that's usually surprising when it kind of comes together. Was that the case for The Fatalist? That one, yeah. I mean, that one was like really just easy. We wrote it with um, a guy out here. His name is Randall Kent and he has like the most fun studio ever. He just has like a ton of toys like everywhere that we can just mess with. And that was the first like session, like writing session that I had for Girl House. And so I was very, very nervous, but Randy knows me really well. And so I kind of told him that I just wanted to do something that like felt authentic to me. And then he kind of just, I don't know, let me rant a little bit and like help me structure it out and come up with like a, a good idea. It's just about me basically going into sessions and being nervous about sharing too much, like oversharing, I guess, and making people uncomfortable and realizing that like I am kind of a nihilist, kind of like a fatalist, kind of like... I don't know. Like, I I think I think about death a lot, but not in a way that like should concern my parents. But I think I'll, uh, it's too early to talk about it with some people. Like, if you're just meeting, like your dentist or something, like that's not someone that's like appropriate to like bring up those things. When you say you think about death a lot, how is it kind of entering your mind? Does it feel like quite a natural thought? Yeah, I mean, going back to like kind of the the fatalist like the like the funniest line i think in that song that we were just like that we just wanted to have it in was that we're all gonna die like isn't that like how isn't that hilarious like that's like we're all gonna die funny isn't it like like why are we stressing out about these things that like really don't matter like and these materialistic things that just like aren't important because like we are all going to die and everything's going to die with us and none of us are better or worse than the other person like we're all kind of just space garbage that's just kind of hanging out on this <laughs> like rock and so i don't know like i think with that song i wanted to give a little bit of my personality but also maybe like loosen people up just like a little bit and not be so serious about life and or anything yeah i like what you say you know loosen up there because there is a strange comfort in that idea yeah like as soon as you realize that you're like oh nothing matters it's fine right all the pressure's off <laughs> nothing matters but everything's cool you know like it's <laughs> like i'm not saying that like everything sucks i'm just saying that nothing matters as much as we think it does yeah, people would be a lot happier if they just accepted it. Yeah. Everyone's always trying to fight things that they can't change. And this is coming from someone with depression and anxiety and like all of an ADHD and like these things that like you don't really have control over. But I'm just trying to share what has helped me like because I don't want to invalidate anybody, you know, like I don't want people to think that what they're going through doesn't matter. But like, I think this is just what works for me. That's how I kind of get through life and i don't know maybe it can like i don't know help somebody in some moment yeah i mean when we're brought up you know we're talking about death there when we're brought up, we do kind of we're taught it as this thing that we should be afraid of and it's gonna happen and we need to kind of 
face it at some point but right. let's just not think about it right now right at what point in your life do you stop thinking about it but thinking about it as this terrifying thing and just start accepting it as this thing that's fine it's cool i mean it's a very unknown thing you know like a lot of people say that they know and think that they know and like whatever works for you but like i understand being afraid of it that's the most important moment in our life though is like at the end of it right maybe i don't know if i'd say it's the most important moment like what like that's like the climax you know even if you like die <laughs> at like an old age or something like there's literally nothing that can top that moment and how you leave this world or is it, it's how you like you don't have any like you can't like come back and be like nah this is how it happened you know like that's just the last your last shot to kind of like get it out there you kind of want to have everything tied up by that point though it should hopefully be a moment of peace. Yeah. <laughs> We've got, I don't know where the conversation got this dark. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is what I do is I really overshare. And I think that I get a little, little dark for like a podcast interview. It's important to talk about though. Like what we're saying, you know, we're just talking about a few moments ago, this idea of not shying away from it. Yeah. That kind of just helps to build the weird relationship we have to the idea of it. I think I really want to be an artist. Like I really want to be like someone that can like it, at least make you think about something in like a different way. I know that sounds like so annoying, but like I think I have all of these like thoughts in my head that are so inspired by art around me, but I don't think like anyone goes into it like thinking I'm going to change anybody or whatever. I think like I don't know. I want to like have cool conversations with like, I feel like this is a cool conversation that we're having. And I'm like, I like am learning about myself as and how I think about these things as I'm like talking to you. And so I don't know, I guess like conversation is what I want out of like any of the music that I have. And so I'm glad that you've like asked some really cool questions and are paying attention. Is that one of the things you enjoy about writing sessions as well, though? Definitely. Like, I imagine, is that a really cool byproduct? Yeah, that you can just have these conversations in them that aren't even really part of the song, but are just these cool things that happen at the side. Yeah. I, I mean, like, you sidebar on, like, so many things. Like, and I learned so much about people in sessions because you have to get vulnerable. Well, you don't have to. If you're writing Bunny Valentino, I guess you don't have to get vulnerable. <laughs> but, like, if you want to write about something that's, like, I don't know, personal or real, you have to be able to kind of share who you are. And I think my favorite ones are the ones where we can kind of talk about real things, but still like laugh through them because it's not like, it's not so scary, you know? If, if someone's comfortable, then like we can kind of talk about things in a lighthearted way. Did acting ever help with that? Yeah. You know, like being oh, yeah. on stage in front of tons of people, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely taught me a lot about people because when you're acting, you like have to be present. And I still feel like I'm like trying to work on that. <laughs> Just like not, not thinking about how I'm supposed to be or the person that I should be or how I'm supposed to make other people comfortable. It's just like being in the moment and getting to know you or like getting to know somebody else in a session and not trying to prove anything. Like, I think that helps me in like the acting part helps me in sessions a lot just because I'm trying to be present. I'm not trying to write like a good, like, like a top 40 hit or something. Like I'm just trying to like be there for that person in that moment. And then like, hopefully make something cool out of that. When you were saying that sometimes you struggle to be present and, you know, and in the moment like that, where is your mind going when you're in the session? Is it just you hear something and your mind suddenly gets an idea and shoots off in that direction or? I think it's building off of whatever this person's saying to me, you know, like, like, and trying to do that connect the dots thing and figure out what they're trying to say. Like, you know, in interviews, I'm sure you like deal with that all the time. Like you're trying to like kind of figure out like what this ginger is saying to you, like on the, <laughs> are you headed to? Uh, yeah, I get called a little bit. Yeah. Depends yeah. who you ask, but yeah, we'll I am that. I am redheaded. This lighting isn't showing, but like I don't know. Like, what was the question? 
<laughs> it's funny that we've gotten sidetracked when we were talking about getting sidetracked. I we were know. talking about the mind going I off. I did this in my last <laughs> interview too. I'm really bad at this. I have ADHD. Like I can't stay on topic. So I'm trying to really like make sure my thoughts and like what I'm trying to say like kind of like rounds out. But it probably won't most of the time. So I apologize. It makes your job harder. I feel like if we have a conversation for an hour, though, and we're talking about writing, by the end of it, we always kind of get, as long as we have a, a natural conversation, we'll get a sense of what's going on. Maybe. You know what I mean? And the way you think about things. Hopefully. That's the thesis I go with. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you edit this so I don't sound completely like an idiot, or do you just put the entire <laughs> thing online? I edit, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. good. I trim cool. it down a little bit. Cool. We're, it's funny we're talking about you know, present and not always being able to be present and you end the EP on Treading Water, mm -hmm. which is a song about just being in the one moment mm -hmm. and that idea of staying in the one place. Mm -hmm. Where do you find that in your life? The idea of just being happy in that one space and just staying there for a little while? In nature? I always need to go back to nature and just be silent and like be still. And like, I feel like my brain is always working like like a million miles a minute because like because anxiety and ADHD like working together is like the perfect cocktail for like a catastrophe I think and so I think being able to just like sit and be on my own in like a natural space is the best way for me to just turn off so that way I can come back to a tricky situation with maybe a little bit of outside perspective instead of always being so introspective, you know? Where, where do you go for that nature? Um, I mean, in Nashville, like there's tons of waterfalls and like gorgeous hikes and lakes and I don't know. It's gore. It's really, really pretty here in LA. It was like a little bit harder, but there are really beautiful mountains and like hikes, but they're just packed. Like there's just always people there. Yeah. Do you think that's, I'm just thinking, you know, what was in there about this idea of when we go out into nature that we can reset. I was just wondering, do you think that's maybe partially what causes stuff like seasonal depression as well? Like the fact that when it gets to wintertime, people can't go outside yeah. and get that space. I mean, yeah, but like we need some like winter activities then if we can't go outside during the winter, you know, like hop on it on a snowboard or something or like a snowshoe <laughs> a toboggan is that what you said <laughs> i've never yeah. seen a toboggan but yeah hop on one of those <laughs> i saw a toboggan we had snow here probably the worst snow we've had in a few years in winter and i went out a few times and saw people on toboggans which i didn't know people still did toboggan, what is a toboggan it's like a sledge but it's like wooden and like two like layers do dogs of. pull it they could, yeah. But you know the kind of thing huskies would pull pretty much. That's what a toboggan is. Kind of, yeah. And people were just... Like a really old-fashioned sledge from like the 1800s or whatever. And people were just like sliding around on toboggans during this winter storm? Yeah, they were going down hills on toboggans. Do you think these were just like decorative <laughs> items that they had just like in their house or something and they just ripped it <laughs> off the wall and decided to go for it? It could well have been. They just took it down from above the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> it's time and took it down. <laughs> is that one of the things is that one of the things you enjoy about going back to Nashville, the fact that you get seasons again? Because LA's kind of just yeah. the same thing the whole year round. Yeah, I mean, I think it really reminds you that everything is ever changing. You know, like when you're in LA, it's so cool that you can have a place that's that temperate, you know, in the States, like, that's awesome. Like, really great. I think for me, living there was kind of tough. Because like, when you're every three months, like your entire city changes, it really like reminds you like that, that, that like nature was here first, and it can teach us so much about like life. And like, again, you can't hold on to anything because everything is just going to die and in some way like be reborn you know like and so i really really like being here with seasons i've missed it a lot i keep on you reminding myself because i get sad every time it says that it's gonna rain and it doesn't and i realize that that's trauma from la because if it says that it's gonna rain and it doesn't it's not gonna rain again for like 
a month or so, or maybe it's going to rain like four or five times a year. And then that's it. That's like all you got. And I'm an Oregonian and I need rain. And so I have to like remember because it was supposed to storm here today and I was really, really upset that it didn't. But then I can remember that it probably will storm here tomorrow or next week or something. You should move to Scotland. It's just rain all the time. Oh, that sounds day. wonderful. <laughs> just the the plant life is so happy there, I bet. My God. That's it. Yeah, that's interesting. Like if you look at if you think about like your stereotypical, you know, like American front lawns like green grass. Mm-hmm. We don't have that here. It's like all like moss and stuff is all mixed in oh, with the right. grass just because it's so like Cause it's, much rain. Yeah, because yeah. there's so much water. That's kind of fun. So spongy. That's fun. <laughs> it's f- funny. We were talking about like nature and how when we look at that, we get this idea of, you know, things dying and being reborn in this kind of cycle, which is kind of what firing line touches on a little bit with the wildfires. It's like a very direct representation of that happening. I was really thinking about like... Because there was, of course, forest fires going on because that happens every year in L.A. And that time, at that point, um, that was the time that, like, Kim Kardashian's house almost, like, caught on fire or something. And so it was just very much in your face because the Kardashians rule Los Angeles. Like, they are, like, the kings and queens. We don't have kings and queens here. We have the Kardashians and the Jenners. And so that was just... I don't know. It was just something very much like in my mind. And there was just like a lot of political things going on thinking about that. Uh, And it just like kind of made me think about, I wanted to kind of just play with the idea of like a, like a a fire line or like a, a firing line and how that kind of like can creep up on you and can't really be stopped. But that is a metaphor for, uh, judgment and people's perceptions of you and i think at that point i was dealing with a situation that was like really really complicated and i wanted to um just like run away like i really just wanted to run away and like kind of run away from like the judgment of that that everything just kept following me and like kept creeping along that kind of like what we were talking about, like moving, like it doesn't, you know, just cause you move away from a situation doesn't mean that it like goes away. Like you're still with yourself and the, you know, you just have a little bit more distance, but yeah, I think I was, I can't, I don't know who I was talking to when I was asking for someone to like pull me from the firing line. Maybe I was like talking to myself or something, just like trying to get my head out of that like situation and just kind of, take care of myself so when you say someone to pull you from the firing line almost someone to give you a new perspective maybe yeah how can how would you get that though if you needed it because it's very tough like what we're saying there about how perspective can change very gradually over time and it can be difficult to notice it it also works in reverse when you try and want to get a fresh perspective it can take a long time to get there yeah what do you kind of what, what how do you do that what do you kind of put in place to get yourself to a place where you can have a fresh perspective i mean for me the only thing that's really worked is time I mean, I wish I could answer that question like really, really quickly, but yeah, I think just like having distance from that and making that mistake and just kind of accepting how you respond to those situations as, you know, step one, I think. Is that the same thing when, you know, we're talking earlier about when you moved to LA, you kind of realized that you were a little bit ignorant to the world. Was that a similar thing? Was it just a very slow, gradual process of you getting to that point where you realized that and change? Yeah, it it wasn't overnight, like at all. It took like a really long time. Can songwriting be a record of that as well? Like if you look back at everything you've done over the last like seven years or whatever, do you see that progression and maturity and change of perspective? I wouldn't say maturity because I'm really hard on myself, but I would say uh, just like my interests have just changed and my I've gotten a lot braver I think what I want to write about and how I want to sound and I've known what I want to sound like for a long time but it takes a long time to figure out how to tell people what you want that's I think been the hardest thing when did you get to that moment is there a marker that you can see where you feel like you hit that I'm still trying to feel like <laughs> no not really I think just having girl house out though is like such like a huge step for me because I mean, I've, I mean, I was acting for a really long time too. And so, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't writing those shows. I wasn't like 
core, like doing the, like creating the choreography. I wasn't directing. I was kind of just like acting, which I admire people that can act really, really well. I can't. And so I never really felt like when people were complimenting me on my success, when people were saying like, like, congratulations, or you did a great job. I never really felt any like ownership over that. And a lot of the time, that's how like writing songs for other people or like writing songs, even like in wild kind of felt like, well, I, I don't know. That's not really me. That's not mine. Like that's ours. Like that's our success. And so I never really felt any like ownership of like those things. And so I think having this and really feeling like I have to put myself out there, like it's helping me understand like the creative process, like a lot more. Yeah. And so I'm still trying to figure out how to say what I want and how to say, no, that's not what I want. And that's really hard. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.